Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome along to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Anybody out there having trouble with the water? I'm just after making a cup of tea here in the building and it's undrinkable. That's all I'll say to you. The water is absolutely undrinkable. There's a taste of metal off it. I, I just had to throw it down the sink. You couldn't you couldn't drink it. It's as simple as that. You know where we are in this neck of the woods on the south side of Drogheda. Maybe it's just peculiar to hear there's something going on at the moment. But it's horrendous, I have to say. I heard whispers about it in the building here yesterday. Tried it for myself and I couldn't agree more. It's simply shocking. Anyone struggling out there with the public water supply and the taste of water? Do you use the public water supply? Perhaps you're on bottled water, you buy a water of your well, of you something else. Anyway, anyway, anyone tasting... Oh my, oh my, I don't know. Metal hours is it certainly a, a heavy taste of metal. If you have any issues with your water, let me know. I always love to hear from you. You know that anyway. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. I'm delighted to open the show today with somebody I absolutely love because she was one of my first ever guests on uh, Late Launch many, many moons ago. I've spoke to her on and off in the interim and she's in the news lately because she's just opened the Dublin the Dublin Dog Hub in Meekstown uh, near Finglas there. Linda Martin, welcome back to the show. It's been too long. It's been too long, Jerry. How are you? I am really good. Congratulations on your new venture. Just let me ask you this. Ashdown yeah. Pound closed, as we know, a, a couple yeah. of years ago. Was That's this, right. was it the push that you needed? Was this always on your mind? Yes, well, it was always on my mind, but that really gave me the push to do something. Put my money where my mouth was, in other words. So um, I got lucky enough to have this, given this piece of land, and then I applied for planning permission, and here we are, nearly two years later. It takes a long time mm. when you go through the planning and everything, but here we are, and we opened. Now, should I say, open is the wrong word. We launched last Friday, mainly because Ian McKellen and John Bishop were in Dublin. Mm. So on the back of that, they very kindly said they would open it for me. And then different things happened anyway. But, but we had a load of celebrities here, lots of dog rescue people, we had Irish dancers, we had accordionists, we had loads of little girls dressed in green, waving the Irish flags. And um, Celine Byrne was here, the opera singer, wow. and lots and lots of other people. We had the OT in sandwiches. You couldn't do that <laughs> in sandwiches. And it was just that... 
fantastic. The press turned out in there. I, there must have been about a dozen press here, and we got every newspaper the next day except the Irish Times. But it's just been absolutely unbelievable. Seriously, and it's just very badly needed because, as you probably know, I know you're an animal lover yourself. Yeah. I, I, um, Ireland is just overrun with unwanted animals at the moment. So something has to happen, and this is my little bit of trying to help. Well, well done to you. And I am an animal lover, as you say there, and you are too. Sure, my God almighty, look at all the animals that's been through your place over the years. But your particular love of dogs, how many dogs have you at home at the minute? Oh, at the minute we have 13. Linda, 13? (laughs) Oh, my! You're fantastic. Thank you, God. I don't live in the city. I like the country, so it makes it a big difference. But we are with 13 at the moment. Oh, wow. That's a lot of purchase to look after. But I know how much you love them. And you're right. This facility, really, the demand. Look, you're not going to be able to cope with the demand. What do you put it down to that so many dogs are being strayed or handed up or given back, whatever you like to call it? Right. Well, we went into lockdown. Yep. And we have puppy farmers. And parents at home were saying, oh, Jesus, we have to amuse the kids. Let's get a puppy. So they went out and they paid a lot of money for a puppy without thinking it through. The kids get fed up with it. The parents go back to work and the puppy is left in the house and he starts destroying the furniture out of complete boredom. So they surrender. And that's what's been happening. Thousands and thousands. And that's, that's adding on to the stray dogs that we would normally have and the dogs that are surrendered by people for various reasons. So it's just... It's a situation where the government, as far as I'm concerned, Jerry, have to close the puppy farms. End of. There are wonderful breeders here in Ireland, but mm. they are not puppy farmers. Mm. Uh, and uh, I have to say that my flu that I have at the minute, the Black Lab, Messy, yes. uh, I went to just a small breeder, you know what I mean, who yes. only yes. does it on a small scale. And I've always Absolutely. done that with my dogs over the years, and that's what I yes. would recommend to everybody. So you feel they should be, uh, an end should be put to the farms? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They've 300 breeding bitches, some of them. Some of them more. I mean, you think, what life is that for a poor dog? She's locked up in a crate that she's bred every time she comes into seas. And it's, it's just absolutely disgusting. So, like I say, if you're going, people, if you're listening, and you many, many listeners, I know that, go to your local rescue for a dog if you're thinking about one. And if not, do what Jerry did and find a really, really good breeder and mm. you can buy from them with, with safety. You know you're not taking home a dog with disease, the dog that's sick. And just, just put your thinking caps on. Yeah, and this thing as well, I know I've seen you mention it. You know the Christmas thing, it's long past at the yeah. minute, or, or for yeah. a birthday or for a special occasion. A dog yeah. is a huge responsibility. Yes, it is. You could be talking about 15 years. That's a, that's a fair age, right? Yeah. But you've got to be responsible for that dog. Gone are the days when dogs were let out the house and they ran around the streets and had fun with the kids playing football and everything. That does not happen anymore. Dogs are kept in. And if they, they're like us, if we were locked up, Jerry, we'd be going mad in the head. It's the mm. same situation. They have to be looked after properly. But please do not buy from puppy farms. Now, talk to me about uh, the Dublin Dog Hub, your place. Um, How many dogs will you be able to look after? At the moment, I could take in 20 large dogs or else an assortment of different sizes. They could maybe be able to put two in one cage. They are quite large, the cages themselves. They have their runs. They have the outside exercise area. And it's, it's... Pretty cool now. You have to come up and visit sometime when we actually do get open. 
I, I, there's, ki- there's kitchens here, there's bathrooms, there's um, the veterinary room, the storerooms. It's it's quite a big enterprise, really, but it looks amazing. Mm. Now, you've put your money where your mouth is, for sure. Yeah. But how are you going to keep this show on the road financially? Well, um, at the moment, I'm just relying on the public, really. That's mm. all I can do. So, and we're all, the public are stretched. I also know that. So, I, I'm going to open, and we'll see how things go, Jerry. I, okay. I bring in a few dogs. I really want to get them rehomed, and yes. I've a few dog trainers on board as well who said they put the time into them just to suss the old creator out, you know, and then see if we can match them up. And I think it's a slow process with me. I'm just going to have to build it up slowly, slowly, slowly. Yes, yes. Suck it and see as you go along, and we'll see where this goes for you. And, oh, yes. and who, who's have you? Have you? You mentioned there you're going to have help there from trainers and that. Have you other volunteers who are going to come along and help out with you? Well, I've had, I've had loads of offers, and yeah. um, I've got I've got my eye on a couple of people that Good. when I get going properly, I want them to come in uh, as, as proper employees. Yes, yes. And um, the volunteers, um, again, I can't say I want you next Tuesday because I've not been here to offer a volunteer. So I've kept all the names and telephone numbers of people that've been in contact with me, Good. and and then when we open, if I need somebody, I'll be phoning them and saying, well. Would you, would you do a couple of afternoons a week yes. or something like that? We'll see. Yeah, very good. And people are only too willing and a very uh, great love for what you're doing, I have to say, as well. And, yeah, and t- yeah. tell me this, Linda. How do the dogs come to you? And then in turn, you're only really giving them shelter. You're hoping to rehome them then. It's, yeah, it's in yeah, and out, yeah, is that sure. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. And I'm confident because as long as I don't go overboard, like I don't want to suddenly find I've got 50 dogs here and I don't know what to do with them. So... Mm. People, people will be able to come to me and say, I'm surrendering the dog. And hopefully they'll be honest with me and say, uh, and, and I say, well, why? And they might say, well, we can't control him or he started to bite or something like that. You know, so mm. every dog, we just have to assess it on its own uh, personality. But I've got dog trainers, professional people who have said they're going to give me some time free, which is brilliant. Really great. Now, on a wider matter, you're probably familiar, it's in the news today, uh, that the Minister is announcing a 40 new dog wardens, uh, yeah. the upping of fines for owners who are not good owners, you know what I mean? And uh, things like this. I, I presume you welcome this. Oh, I welcome it with open arms. And I said, did that come from um, Charlie McConnell? Yes, today? it did. It did, yeah. the Minister, yeah, yeah. I absolutely welcome anything like that, you know, because we, it's like the guards at Jerry, we haven't got enough funding and enough guards on the streets. Mm. So this, anything at all that can help the animals, well, then that's just a marvelous as far as I'm concerned. So we'll see if that works out now. They'll have to employ them, obviously. And it's a great opportunity, certainly, for people who love dogs. And, you know, dog wardens, I think, get a, a bad rap. But I haven't found any problems with them. I think if you're polite with the public, the public will comply with what you're asking, the producer license or whatever the case may be. You know, so it's just, I I just think we need to take it easy and take it gently. Yes, because I've always said on this show, we often enact laws, and in this area it's one example, Linda, but we don't enforce them. We don't have enough people to enforce the laws either, but hopefully this is a step now in the right direction. The other thing is, I just see, uh, he's also gone on to say that regulations around the breeding, sale and supply of dogs will also be strengthened. Talking about farms, this is what we're, you know... Absolutely, absolutely. I think there should be independent and unscheduled inspections by a a properly qualified veterinary surgeon or somebody from the Department of Agriculture should be able to arrive at the door of these puppy farms and inspect them. Mm. 
But too often up to now, they have been getting warnings about the inspection and they've been able to tidy up or do whatever they're going to do. So as when an inspection happens, a lot of it's hidden. But I think if we could bring that in as well. Yeah, it's like switching the fire alarm on here and telling everybody a half an hour beforehand, That's come right, on, yeah. let it let it be unexpected yeah. and unforeseen. And that is the, the only way this, this yeah. will work. It certainly will. Ah, oh, look at the You're fantastic. It's a dream of yours coming through here. It look, is, yeah. While I have you with me, I've got to mention Paul O'Grady and his oh God. untimely passing. Did you ever meet him, Linda? Oh, I did. I met him a good few times. Jeez, I got a terrible shock this morning. Mm. And I, I knew he had heart problems. I did know that. But I, I understood it was perfectly well up until yesterday. It's just it's just heartbreaking. Not only did I love him, but he was so funny. He was articulate. He was very, very clever. But his mission in life was to look after all the animals if he could. And he did so much, especially mm. with Battersea Dogs Home. He was their, their main patron. Yes. Just a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, and really pushed what you're doing to the fore and every occasion yeah. he could on television and that series, those series he did and everything. Oh, what a wonderful man. Everybody, I think, is just numb today with the I news. Think, I think so. I mean, 65 is really too young, Jerry, oh, for anybody to, you know, to, to mm. leave us. But I, re- I remember him in the old days. There's a place in London called the, the Vauxhall Tavern and that was his farm for many years and he ruled the roost there and I believe trying to get into it on a Sunday night and I did actually get in a few Sunday nights. It was hilarious. Mm. He was mental but great fun and he, he just built from there, built himself up. And don't forget he's Irish. Yes, Yes, oh, he has huge roots, and even uh, previous generations come from this neck of the woods. County that's Louth right. has been mentioned as well yeah, in his in his right. family I, tree. I don't know if you've read, I don't know if you or your listeners have actually read any of his books. I have, and they're hilarious. Telling the stories about his mammy's false teeth and everything, Jerry, you'd be <laughs> whittling yourself laugh. <laughs> Sure, didn't we all come through those times, Linda? Anyway, it it would be just remiss of me before we finish not to mention Eurovision this year. Did you watch the final and uh, Wild Youth? Yes, winning? I did. And um, I don't know who the heck's going to win at this stage, but you know, all you can do is wish them the very, very best. There There are three or four young fellas, and they've got a good look. The song is fine, and it's just on the day. And I believe this year, the juries aren't voting. I believe it's a public vote, mm. and I don't like that at no. all. You know, that's, no. that's not good. But let's wish them the very, very best of luck. And don't forget that on the night, whenever they perform, somewhere in the region of 300 million people listening and looking at them on TV. That's a marvellous platform, even if they don't win. Yes, and you know, I, I'm an old fan of Eurovision, as you know. So I remember yeah. when you came here for the first day, I had to dress up and everything and make sure <laughs> I looked a million dollars for one of my heroes coming to LMFM to chat to me. But anyway, that was a while back. I have to say, like uh, watching it, and especially in recent times, as yeah. you say, they have the look. They have, I think, a lot going for them. I love the song. I think it grows on you the more you yeah. hear it. The worry, Linda, is that there are no juries and that we mightn't be in the political mix. You know what I'm talking yes. about. That's I do. It. I do know exactly what you're talking about. So keep the fingers crossed and let's just send loads of luck from Ireland out to, to Liverpool. I'll be out in Liverpool. I'm working there for the week. Great. Great. So, and hopefully I bump into them. But there's, there's uh, concerts every night and some of them in the afternoon. And I'm there for the week working away. Yeah, and Linda, hasn't it? No matter what anyone says, people often say, "Ah, oh, Eurovision." I'll tell you one thing: secretly, people watch. They love it deep down, even though they mightn't admit it. More people do than don't. Yeah. And look at what it is now. It's become a huge festival, hasn't it? Around yes, it. Yes, 
absolutely. Listen, do you think I'd be here without it? No way. You've got to grab it with both hands. You have to, you have to embrace it and work with it. And you can start your travelling and build up your, your promoter's contact and all of those things. And it's just, I think it's a godsend. If you get through, it's a brilliant yeah please god they do anyway the dublin dog hub is up and running people listening today you may have potential volunteers financial supporters how do they get in touch with you well at the moment they can't because i'm getting messages on the internet so i've kept the names and numbers but at the moment i can't take any dogs it's not an official opening yes yes just last week so you'll see, whenever we do open the doors, yeah. there'll be people get telephone calls and you'll see yes. it up on the internet, up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever the heck okay. they call them things. Yeah. And if they yeah. want to support you, they'll be able to do that then and get in behind the whole initiative. Absolutely. You, you're great and well done to you. Congratulations and keep doing what you're doing. Love Liverpool when you go there. I'm going to take a short break, but we're going to remind everybody about you after the break. Linda Martin coming up with one of our most famous songs. Great to catch up with you today. Thanks, Thanks. for happened to me. Bye. Linda Martin. Oh, fabulous Eurovision winner back to 1992. But she's still the queen of Eurovision. As she mentioned to me there, she's in Liverpool for the full week of the Eurovision this year. Of course, the UK staging it because the Ukraine can't because of the war. Maureen, thank you. Loved your chat with Linda Jerry. I'm a big Eurovision fan and love her too. Thanks a million for that. I mentioned the water quality top of the show. Somebody says, there's lovely water in Ballsgrove, Jerry." Now, Ballsgrove, as the crow flies, is only a quarter of a mile from where we are here. I don't know what the story is here in LMFM, but it don't taste right. Another one there. Regards the water issue, Jerry. when the sewage of Kells, Navin and other villages flowing legally and overflowing overflowing into the Boyne. Is it any wonder the water in Drada tastes funny? Ask any of the anglers group, especially in the Kells, Navin area for comment and they'll tell you what happens to the sewage plants after heavy rain. And yes, uh, Drada's water is extracted from the Boyne, treated it has to be said in Stellene before it comes in to the uh, public network in town and we drink it and use it. Lots of other messages there. Um, Mick and Kel says, the water that comes out of the ground or a rock spring water, that's the water you need, Jerry, for a cup of tea. I agree with you, but just when you can't uh, dig a well here where we are and and do that, you know, we're a bit uh, goose, to be honest with you. Town water is never the same as spring water that comes out of the ground, Jerry, says another listener there. And so on they go. Thanks indeed for your comments. I love them. What about the quality of water? Well, you are, Louise. You're out in the sticks a little bit. I uh, well. Term, in fact, what's your water like? Good water. It's lovely, well water. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard. Yeah. You have to get a softener. Mm. But, um, but no metallic hate. You know, I think if you taste me- uh, well, I metal want off you, of water, uh, did, you can be pregnant. Did, did, Jesus. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I never look at me. Sign of pregnancy. You taste something and it's metal taste. Well, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Shows I, your belly there, Jerry. I, 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 I won't be on LMFM. Jerry belly. Listen. <laughs> I won't be on LMFM tomorrow. I'll be making the headlines in Sky News. I'll be on CNN. I wonder what they'll call me then. Anyway, we'll have to think about that. That's for another day. I want you when... Will you do me a favour in the next break just to keep this going through the show? Will you go in and just taste what I'm talking about? Do I have to have a cup of tea or just a glass of water? 
Well, you see, it's out of the burker. Do you know where it boils the water? We're not allowed right. to kettle it. I'll, I'll try both. Yeah. See if there is a yeah, taste. Yeah, I, I, but definitely out of the burker. You'll have to have a taste of that and say what you think. You know, well water is fantastic. Mm. And if you have access to a, a well in the countryside and that, generally it's lovely, lovely water. That is for sure. But it's always so cold as well. Mm, it's lovely. Oh, definitely. I remember years ago. Do you remember the pumps? Do you know the oh, old... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, green the old ones. wells, the green ones. Yeah. Are there any of those? I asked this years ago on the show. There's hardly any of those still about. There used to be one down at Winetown in Navin. I don't know whether that's still there or whether... Folks, folks. It's out of service, but I don't know whether it's still there. Well, folks, help us today if you're listening in Louther Mead or even beyond these shores. Anybody got that old, you know, the old green... And, and mm. he used to pump, pull the handle, mm. pull the handle, pull the big metal handle and she'd was, pump the water up from the well. Is that where the parish pump politics phrase yes, came from? Yes, exactly. That phrase came from there. Any, anyone know is there a pump connected to a well that you can go and just pull that metal handle and get water from? Are there any of those still in existence in Louthan Mead? If you know of any, let us know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. Or you can call in on the main LMFM number as well if there is a pump connected to a well that's working. And where would they be gone? Like if, if they're, you know, not in service and removed, would they just been discarded they, just thrown yeah away. They, they, uh, they'd be not gone not in a museum or anything no. I'd say there's a few hanging around pubs you know that type of way mm. oh, uh, relics of yesteryear in museums as well and they'd cap the well where it was That's what Guinness they do. inside it oh wouldn't that be just a job <laughs> maybe for a well that's pumping Guinness out in the countryside anyway let us know <laughs> for sure isn't it funny one woman or man's meat is another's poison hi Jerry. not to be disrespectful but the Eurovision Song Contest has ran by its sell-by date years ago Yes, it made Linda and Johnny Logan, etc. But its rating has declined big time, Jerry. It should be axed and replaced, says Frank. When are you talking about the Late Late Show there rather than the Eurovision? Oh, no, you are. You're talking about only being facetious there. It is uh, the Eurovision. It's huge. I'm not joking you, Frank. It's huge. It really is. Honestly, it's got bigger than ever. Anyway, let's move on on late lunch. And I'm saying hello now to a man I so enjoy every time he joins me. He's Fingal's most famous adventurer, Mr. Dermot Higgins. Welcome back to late lunch. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, your look. I always say this about you. You look great. Ah, plenty of the great outdoors. And a few pints of Guinness thrown in as well. That's what keeps you looking fresh. <laughs> You're looking wonderful, I have to say. And I want to tell listeners, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving a little secret of yours away. You're barefooted. You tell me you you <laughs> go round a lot barefooted. Why uh, is this? I have to be kept grounded, Jerry. People say that I'm sometimes away with the fairies, and and uh, but going around barefoot does help me sometimes to keep my feet on the ground and in yes. contact with the earth. Yes. So you like to do that. There you go. That's an interesting one. Anyway, as I said uh, earlier. Today, you are an intrepid adventurer for sure. And reminding listeners back in 2018, 30,000 kilometres around the world on a bicycle, the oldest man ever to do it. That's a fact, Jerry. Yeah, oldest man to cycle around the world. Are you still biking? Do you still? Well, I, I put the bike on the train today, came up from Scaries and it was great. Put the bike and I didn't cycle all the way because the weather was bad. Mm. Um, um, but I do cycle and uh, I'm finding that great in terms of just a bit of fitness and also in terms of saving money. Yes. The bike doesn't need any fuel Not or at all. We'll be ESB. T- I'll be referring to that now in due course. <laughs> Good. Um, 
last year we were keep, we do keep an eye on you, you know, uh-huh. mind. We we were, I remember talking to you about somebody the, has to. Oh well, we do, you know, from afar. We have to say, don't get paranoia about it. Anyway, you did the dicky dip. I remember we talked about yeah. that. But you had big plans last year, and we were actually planning to have a chat with you. You were going to swim the Shannon yeah. from Source to Sea, yeah. but it didn't happen. No, Explain. I, well, I love the idea of Source to Sea adventures, and I've paddled lots of of Source to Sea things, the Boyne and the Shannon mm. and, and I was gung ho on doing the Shannon this uh, last year yeah. and I got a terrible infection in my leg cellulitis and septicemia the whole lot and I had to postpone it um, and um, no, last around this time last year and I wasn't in good shape at all um, uh, but I pulled myself together anyway eventually but that that ruled out uh, completing the Shannon but the Shannon is on my bucket list and I will get back to do it good so watch this space that is not off the agenda at all Dermot is going to take that on board but the reason you're here today is yes folks he's uh, departing these shores later in the year to do something really special the Yukon River tell us what's going to happen it's the yes you can yes you can um, 2023 river adventure and I'm going to paddle the Yukon from source to sea um, from the source which is uh, just south of a place called Whitehorse in uh, Yukon, Canada, um, to where it enters the sea, way, way into the Arctic Circle up in Alaska. Yeah, I just, I was, I, I had a look today. This is a journey and a half, Long. almost 2,000 miles. Yeah, 3,000 K. It's, yeah, it's a tough, It's tough. a tough ask, so it is. And as you say, rises in British Columbia, Canada, flows through the Yukon Territory, and then the lower half of the river goes west through the US state of Alaska. You're talking about wilderness, aren't you? <laughs> There's a lot of wilderness up there. I mean, I just I did a research at Yukon, uh, the whole province of Yukon, which is 10 times the size of, Ar- size of Ireland, only has 70,000 people and most of them live in Whitehorse. So it's, it's, it's vast, vast areas of wilderness, kind of almost unimaginable. Um, there'll be certainly days, possibly weeks, when I won't see a soul if, when I'm, if I'm on my own. Now, I do have some people lined up to paddle sections with me, but I know I'll be on my own for some of the Quite journey. a bit of it. So what a vessel are you going to paddle? Well, uh, that's an interesting question, just researching that now. I have two options. I can bring a folding boat with me. Yeah, that's been done before on some of these. So you get a folding boat and you carry it. You put it in the hold of the airplane. Um, but a more, com- a more common approach, in fact, is to, to buy a boat when you get there. Mm. Um, so it'll be what's actually called a Canadian canoe. Uh, the open type canoes that you paddle with one or rather than with double bladed paddle. God, that's so that- harder. It isn't, it isn't. But the river, you're going with the flow of the river. Well, there's too. not a huge amount of flow in it now. For a lot of the time, uh, is there the, not? The, prevailing, the wind is, of course, wind against you uh, can set you backwards instead of going forwards. There is some flow, mm. and there are rapids, mm. um, and there are dangers associated with it. Um, but it would be a mistake to think that I'm just going to sit back and let the river take me to the sea. <laughs> no, that does not happen. No, it really doesn't. This takes, uh, you know, guile, expertise, bravery, stamina, you name it, and it's all involved. And you see, this is just another challenge in your amazing life. How long, do, do, do you put a time frame on this? How long do you think it'll take you? Yeah, uh, from there's very few people have actually done it. People say there's more people than up Everest and have actually completed the whole uh, Yukon. Um, I'm giving it two months. I give it 90 days with 60 days of paddling. People are often weather bound for periods of time. You have to rest now and then as well. Yes. But but um, 
people who have attempted this have often found that the weather holds them back um, for long periods of time. So between 60 and 90 days. And when are you going? When exactly? Have you the dates? Is it in stone? I've booked no flights, um, <laughs> but um, I have a commitment at the end of June. Yeah. And I'll probably head away after that, the last weekend in June, spend a couple of days acclimatising in uh, Whitehorse and head off then early in July. And that would be timely because uh, as we go into autumn, I take it, in that neck of the woods, the weather changes. Mm, changes. Yeah, I have to be out of the place is called Emonac. It's inside yes. the Arctic Circle before the end of September. In actual fact, some people are advising me that I should get there sooner. Mm. Um, but I have reasons to do with logistics and to do with people joining me and mm. um, to give them a chance to get to me um, because it's very hard to get to some of the put-in points. There's no roads mm. uh, to fly people in. Um, so uh, in order to do that, uh, I have to get finished as soon as possible. Can you prepare for something like this? Well, <laughs> I was, a, I, you know, I did a lot of paddling uh, years ago. Yeah. And I have a couple of boats. Um, but I haven't paddled, to be, if I'm very honest now, in, in a number of years. And it's only in the past, <laughs> very, very recent, I took my old uh, canoe out and paddled up the way. And actually, um, there's a there's a loud mead connection because I'll do a lot of my paddling. I'm in Skerries, but I'll be paddling um, up along by Lake Town and up um, into draw it up to Carlingford also I do some right up the that's, coast that's here. part of my training yeah that's yes. a, I can see that from where I live I can mm. see the mm. Loudmead coastline and I'll be doing some of my training up there as well um, I have, look I, I have a lot of physical fitness you know despite the fact that I'm a little bit heavy at the minute um, the, the fitness and the endurance is there and um, I, I've no doubt that I can do it physically. Yes. It's mental. It's the mental uh, aspect of it, and the solitude that are uh, and the weather, mm. th- and whatever wildlife is going to throw at me. Mm. So, so that they're going to be my biggest uh, challenges, I should think. The bears love that neck of the woods. <laughs> I'm told that not all trying th- to throw anything all, into all the three. The, 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 yes. up in Alaska, you'll get the grizzlies, Grizzly? the polars, and the the black bears. Black bear, but yeah. I say those those little bears better watch their ass because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading their way. <laughs> That's my attitude. So uh, when you are in your canoe, obviously you'll have a wee tent or a bivouac yeah. that you can throw over yourself Absolutely. at night time. You'll need supplies with you yeah. as well. W- will you have phone contact? I'm just thinking where, where you'll be. Mm, there then lots of it is none. No, lots mm. of it is no phone. So you'll be out of intermediate altogether. Yeah, for, for periods of time. Yeah, there's no one. I may, I may use a satellite phone or may not. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm happy to be in Comunicado. I've done that before on other trips too. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, mm. I, I possibly will be. Uh, I know lots of people have done this, have been in Comunicado for periods of time. And mm. I'm happy to accept that as part of uh, the challenge. In the world today, it's something that people desire, I'm sure, because we're yeah. never off, as you know, in this Absolutely. little world of ours now. Why are you doing this, Dermot? Well, I, I, it's been on my bucket list. Jack London was, a, you know, as a kid, I used to love the idea of, of, of rivers and the wilderness and so forth. So that's for me physically. But I want to, it's called Yes, You Can. You Can um, for the river and Yes, You Can because I want to um, encourage people, encourage people who are following me and I do have a lot of followers and I generate more to this to do things themselves, to do two things. First of all, to to find a challenge in themselves because this is very important for mental health. Get out of their comfort zone and do something that's difficult. Okay, that's that's one part of the yes you can um, thing. And the other thing I'm encouraging people to do is to do something good for the earth. Um, we talked about you know cycling, and we talked about uh, uh, small changes that people can make. And what I'm going to be doing is promoting 
things that people can do. Everyone can do something small that makes a big difference to the environment. And that's part of the yes, you can challenge. You've raised money in many things you've yeah. did in the past yeah. and substantial amounts of money yeah. for wonderful charities. Yeah. Is there anything on the back of this? No. I've decided no. Okay. I've decided that, you know, you can focus on there's raising awareness and raising funds. And sometimes one is just as valuable as the other. And so this is very much about raising awareness. Um, so all the time I'll be promoting those two things, uh, positive mental health and care for the environment, um, things people could do to uh, affect climate change. You've had challenges yourself when it comes oh, to indeed. your mental health yeah, through yeah. the years. May I, a bipolar disorder, yeah, so highs and lows. Um, I'm in very good shape at the minute. Um, and I, I like to think that I can use the energy that's generated from uh, that particular illness um, for good and um, yeah so 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 yeah absolutely um, I'm in very good shape at the moment and uh, feeling very positive about this uh, particular challenge Are you always thinking of something you know to do you know yeah. what's yeah. next it, it, you know it, for Dermot Higgins Well it's it's part of my makeup you know ever since I started taking on challenges I've always felt I needed a project in fact, I find that when I don't have a project, that's when I start to worry and start to become anxious. Sometimes they're small projects. A project doesn't have to be big. This is a big one um, because you can't have mammoth projects all the time. Um, but I have to have something to focus on if I don't. All the, the, the demons, the black dog comes to haunt me. Um, and um, that's not what I want. No, and that's not what anybody wants either. I, I, I always say you're such an inspirational <laughs> man. You are, because even know. what you're doing here, that you are resonating. I know with people who are listening to us this afternoon. Tell me about this association with you and the wonderful Gavin Fox, the singer-songwriter. Ah, yes. what, what's Gavin. this about? Well, I was teaching in, in the school in Lusk, in the Lusk Educate Together School, and Gavin um, had a child in that school. Um, and he's a singer-songwriter. Um, and he followed me. I didn't know anything about this, but he was following me on Facebook like lots of people on the first trip. And he wrote a lovely song um, called I'm Not Alone. Now, you got something wrong the song. <laughs> he says, I'm 30,000 miles. I, I travelled 30,000 miles to find myself. And that's not true. I travelled 30,000 kilometres. But I guess that's artistic. Ah, license. license. <laughs> yes, poetic, <laughs> artistic, whatever you like to say. It's a lovely, lovely song. And I was absolutely thrilled that, that Gavin composed the song. Because in actual fact, you know, Gavin said he was inspired by me to, um, to write this song. And I was inspired by him. That song, when I wasn't feeling great, he wrote that song. And it certainly said to me, you know, get off your ass and maybe now's the time to get to do something, do a new adventure. And um, and that's great. But can I just say something? I know you're going to play. It's on there at the moment. Can I just say something? Come on. I need a corporate sponsor. Yes. I need to get this. It doesn't come cheap. Um, I know there are people out there who may be able to throw a few euros. So if you're interested in sponsoring me, you'll find me very easily on Facebook. Go, go, Dermo. Dermo Higgins. Thank and you. your launches? Launches on Saturday after Don't Gavin's concert in the Cullen's Church in Lusk. Dermot, I wish you well, and I'm sure you're going to get that sponsorship. Dermot Higgins, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Pleasure being here. But 30,000 miles is a long way to go to find your soul. Ramona's solitude through this desolate wilderness I go 
Louise, is that pump working in Stamullen that Paula sent us the picture in? Or is it just I think, an ornament? I, I'm not too sure, but I think it could be just an ornament. Yeah. It's been a, painted grey. Yeah. So there's a pump, one of the old pumps we were talking about that used to be there to extract water from the mm. old wells in Stamullen, but we think it's just an ornament in the village. But there's one come in from Mary. She says there is one of those pumps on my road, Jerry, up the bog road in Dunshockland. Mm, but is it working? Probably. I doubt if any of them are is still working, in service. Mary? Is there I doubt a it. Pump? For health and safety, I, I doubt it. Yeah, your health would be better and your safety would be fine. But you know, like if the if it got contaminated. Well, water. you're just after having a slug in the water <laughs> I've been talking about here in LMFM Radio. <laughs> we can confirm that today on Late Lunch. But she's telling me I am. What did you taste off the water? I did actually taste it. Kind of like, you know, the way if you swallow water in a swimming pool, that kind of chlorine over chlorinated maybe then, yeah. perhaps you said yeah. I definitely got a metal taste off I saw Adrian Taft told me he's bringing in his own water he wouldn't touch it Katrina here said absolutely now Katrina's a connoisseur of tea and coffee and loves it but just went yuck <laughs> whatever it is I don't know what it is but you're getting you're definitely getting a, definitely yeah a, like chlorine you're getting a wang and a twang mm. off it are you yeah. yeah, good. And Thank God. It. I thought I was losing me marbles there Isn't for it a funny while. How, like you wouldn't really, you know, if you had tea, mm. how that tea would, the water would turn it off. So it's not the tea bag. No, it's, it's, it's the, the water. It makes a huge difference. So it does. Mm. See that one today, you and your uh, new treadmill and your hot yoga and everything. I'm delighted. Walk 8,000 steps. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That's about 6.5 kilometers, right? Mm -hmm. One or two days a week. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt and Josie's your sister. You live till you're a thousand. Yes, you will indeed. (laughs) But don't drink the water. (laughs) That's all I say to you. Don't go near the water. (laughs) You're dehydrated Uh, after your 8,000 steps. Absolutely. Well, listen, we can talk about water and everything else besides because she knows all about it. Liz Kaplan, she's a hypnotherapist and wellness coach is joining me shortly. Don't miss her. But let's uh, head towards our next break on late lunch in the company of the three little birds. 
three little birds, listen to me. Don't drink the water if you're in this neck of the woods. It might be all over for you. It's Bob Marley. tell you a little story about my next guest I was presenting an award, at an award ceremony recently and afterwards we were sure mingling and she came up to me and said hello and introduced herself to me and said I'd love to join you on your show one afternoon on LMFM and I said sure thing Liz she's with me today, her name is Elizabeth Kaplan and she is a wonderful woman, she's a hypnotherapist and wellness coach, welcome to the studio, welcome to my show. Thank you so much Jerry, <laughs> for having me here it's been one of those things I'd love to have been on a radio show. So here you are today. Here I am today. Well, there you are. Another I made thing it off, <laughs> off your bucket list. Yeah. If you don't ask, you'll yeah. never know, will you? Anyway, I'm delighted to have you with me. And when I did a little more digging into who you are, you are a fascinating lady. You're a, a mom. You've two daughters, and this business you're in now. Tell me how this all came about and how you got into this. Okay. Well, long story short. Um, I was always fascinated with the brain and how the mind worked. Uh, at school, you learn the biology of the body and the, your functions, you know, the different organs and all of that. But we never got told much about how the brain works. And uh, but probably it goes back maybe like 20 years when I started um, reading books on the brain and figuring out basically how my own brain worked and why we do the things we do and we don't do the things we should do and all of that. And then um, I studied psychology. Uh, it was I lived in England at the time. Mm. I did an evening GCSE psychology course and absolutely just loved it. And that was, I was hooked then. I started um to uh, I just started to have a different frame of mind. I started to understand the workings of my own brain and the mechanisms that are actually in the brain, same as we have in our body. We have all mechanisms, different parts of our brain that are that are used for different functions, like, you know, even our thinking and, you know, our cognitive skills and everything. Like, so I learned all of these things just on my own studying. And then I moved back to Ireland about 15 years ago and my daughters then moved away. I came back. I had separated. And I, to be honest, Jerry, I was in a very, very dark place in my life. And I, um, my daughters moved away a few years later and I started to get into the going to work, coming home, going to bed, going to work, coming home, going to bed. And I it was one of those like aha moments, those epiphany moments that I had. I was like, I I need to know more. There has to be more. And again, I started psychology and counselling and started to um, do. I did an online course, got completely engrossed in it, would come home from work, would put up the laptop, would like be sitting there and the lights would be out in the house. I'd, I'd have my coat on. I wouldn't have eaten. I just got so involved in it. So much so then that I came across hypnotherapy. Thought hypnotherapy was just such a fast modality to help people move from the darkness where I had found myself literally into the light. And when I say that, um, hypno I could say that hypnotherapy 
um, not only changed my life, uh, it actually saved my life. I know that for a fact that it's it saved my life. That's a massive statement yeah. to make. Yeah. That's hugely significant when yeah. you say that. Yeah. So it set you off, got you away from, lifted you from the darkness, set you off on a whole new path and lifted you completely. Completely. And when I started down this road, I just said, if I can help myself and mm. my girls mm. see a different way, see a different path, get out of the doldrums, I suppose, then I would be a really happy mother. The more I learned, the more I discovered about how powerful the mind is, how you how we can create our own future, how we can create our own destiny with the thoughts in our mind. We don't have to get up in the morning and think, oh, it's a horrible day outside. So the whole day is going. You have control over your, the thoughts that you think you have control over every part of the day. You don't have to let the outside world control you. Hypnotherapy brings the control back. People think that hypnotherapy is mind control, that someone's taken over your mind. But what it is, is you are actually in control of your own mind and your own destiny. So you set the agenda each day yourself. Yourself. And anybody can do this. Anybody. Now, uh, everything that we do is 95% um, on the subconscious level. 95% of everything we do is mindset, Jerry. 95%, 5% is strategy. When we get up and we have a good thought and we think good, that will just make our day great. How do you extricate somebody? Because I'll tell you, just listen to the news, watch the television, read the newspapers. This bombardment is coming at you and it's a bombardment of negativity. Mm -hmm. Good stories, they do get a little airing, but they're in the minority. You talk mm -hmm. about that 95, 5% is mm -hmm. nearly the same. You know this, what, I, what I'm saying to you. And, and you have a quote that I want to read back to you. Mm -hmm. You say, life's too short to be unhappy, <laughs> unsure, unfulfilled. You bet, Liz Kaplan. That is the truest thing I ever, uh, I ever read. Mm -hmm. But there are people who are stuck in that unhappiness and sureness and unfulfilled life that think there's no way out. I can genuinely say that it doesn't matter what age you are, even if you're 70, 80, 90, you can change your mindset. We were always thought to believe that the brain was a mass of solid, you know, it was just solid and it was hard. But through neuroscience, it, our brain is plastic. We know this now. And that through, through our thoughts during the day, we can change how we feel. OK, so what hypnoth how hypnotherapy works is that we everybody, we all know what we should be doing and we all know like we we know what we want to do and we know how we should be doing it. But there, it's like there's this big gap. It's like there's a mountain on this side and then there's this big ravine and then over there is where we want to be. But this is where we are. Hypnotherapy is the bridge between where we are and where we want to go, because the answers to everything lies within the subconscious mind. So are you telling me today that if somebody is feeling down in a dark space mm -hmm. who are beyond that mountain you're describing there mm -hmm. and the valley and want to get to the other side, mm -hmm. that through hypnotherapy, you can bridge that gap? 100% bridge that gap. Isn't I know that because I'm walking proof of it. I'm a completely different person than I was years ago when I was in the 
depths of darkness mm. to the girl that you see here, the woman you see here today. It's just uplifting mm. to, to hear mm. that. You work online. I see you stress mm. this, that you do this on and on. And of course, shall we, the world had to work online for mm. two years or more because of circumstances. Not necessarily to be face to face with you in the same room as we are today to make this work. No, no. Online is actually such a fantastic modality because people are in the comfort of their own home. They can lie in their own bed if they want to, because the work that I do is mindset and it's also um hypnosis. So a lot of the time they are in a trance state, in a lovely relaxation. So they can sit in the comfort of their own chair, in the comfort of their own bed. They don't have to drive afterwards. Mm. Once you have a good internet connection, it works like a dream. You talk about the benefits of this better mood Control, that thing you're talking about, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you feel like everything's out of control for you and you're just at the whim and mercy of the big bad world out there. Your well-being will be better. You'll feel rested, calmed. Your mindset will be more positive. Mm -hmm. All those things and more. Yes, absolutely. And not only that, but so many people are suffering nowadays with stress and anxiety and and um, even like habits, you know, just maybe habits of binge eating or um, smoking or biting their nails, all of these things. The reason why you can get rid of all of these habits and stress is a habit and anxiety is a habit because we're not born with these things. We're only born with two things. We're born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else, Jerry, is learned. So anxiety becomes a habit because at some stage in your life, something might have happened that made you feel anxious. So the brain thinks it's important. So so your that anxiety just keeps coming up. But it is a habit. So because habits are formed and they're unconscious, willpower, trying to, you know, ever do everything on the conscious level, it doesn't work because we're working with subconscious habits. So that's why through hypnotherapy, you can clear away habits because you're making the change on the subconscious level. It makes sense, doesn't it? When you hear it as you explain it to us Mm. in terms of somebody has a session with you. Do you need many sessions? Do you have to keep at this? Can one session two do some people? What's your experience? Okay, so I had I I would help people with fears a lot. Phobias. Fears and phobias. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for instance, I had um, a guy that was came to me for a fear of flying, but his fear was everything that was height. It was going up an escalator. It was um, going into a cinema. You know, you wouldn't even think that that would be a fear, but he couldn't sit like on the, you know, on mm. the, in the cinema seats. Yes. He um, was just afraid of everything, uh, like everything tall or even if he watched a movie on the TV and he saw a tall building, he would get really anxious. Now, I completely cleared that for him in two sessions. And when I went back to see him, this I obviously I have to say now, this was a friend that I saw in person. Yes. And when I went back to see him on the 
for uh, the second session, he said, Liz, I don't even know if I need you. I He was due to go on a holiday in a few days. He said, I have my bags packed already from one session. Wow. But I did another session with him mm. and completely cleared the fear. Oh, and he's he just he, he said that. And what I do then when it's fears and if it's local, I take them to our local um, Crown Plaza, which is which you have the restaurant at the top. Yes. And arrange it with the Crown Plaza. Like I've gone in there with so many people. We go up in the lift, people that couldn't even go into a lift, go up and they look around and they're taking photographs and they're looking down and they're like, I can't even remember having the fear of being afraid of being up high anymore. Amazing. Incredible, Jerry. That's wonderful I know. to <laughs> contemplate and, and for you yeah. that can help people oh, like that. And that's just an example. I was looking at the testimonials as well from people and they're, they're really powerful, I have to say. And it, it's across a range of those issues that we mentioned there as well. Um, where did the, you, you really got into this, as you said to me. Do you feel, though, that you are at something now that you've been called to, that you, you've, oh. you've had within you and you didn't realise? You know what totally. I'm saying? Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I like I'm even sitting here and I have this fire in my belly. I I just love this work. I'm so passionate. I am so accommodating for people because I know people have busy lives. I will see people at the weekend on a Sunday in the evenings. I just want people to be well. I nobody is broken, Jerry, nobody. There's people think they're out there and they're broken and the and the life that they're living is the life that they have to live. I'll tell them now, they do not have to live that life. I am a very focused, future focused hypnotherapist. When you're looking in the past, you are reminiscing over all the, I should have done this and all of that. And then that's what brings on depression and feeling really gloomy and all of that. When you're looking and anxious about the future, Brad, that brings, if you're thinking of the future and all the awful what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, that brings on stress and anxiety. I can bring people from one one place to the other because I show them the possibilities. I get them to like see the possibilities that's in their lives, that, you know, what they can do and what they're capable of doing. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. How do people find out more about you? How can they contact you? Okay, so if they go on to my website, echypnotherapy.ie, as you found me, (laughs) (laughs) um, they'll see everything that I do there. And um, a little, there's a little pop up that if you put in your um, email, yes, you will get a 15 minute Relaxation, Great. hypnosis recording. I had a look at it there this morning and that is there for sure. EC Hypnotherapy. Check this woman out, folks. <laughs> I'll talk to you again, I promise you. It's been lovely to meet you today. You've so been nice. wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you much. for joining us Thank on Late Lunch today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank Take you. care. The late Joan Connolly's waiting for me patiently on the line. Hello, Joan. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Lovely to talk to you today. Well, you're doing a real good turn for a very special charity this weekend, which will help loads and loads of people. Tell us what's happening, please. Uh, we're just doing a coffee morning in, in memory of my husband, Seamus. Uh, he died just as the pandemic started, just as COVID hit. He died on the 2nd of April. So he will be three years dead on Sunday. 
So mm. we decided to to do it now to kind of blend in with his anniversary. My, oh my, must have been really tough on all yes. concerned when you mentioned that uh, time, April. Yes, it was very, very hard because he had been in London getting treatment. So we were just lucky to get him home at yeah. all. You know, mm. we were mm. just home by the skin of our teeth. Yes. And um, he lived then for two weeks when we when we got home. And were you restricted with all the uh, arrangements, etc., yes. like other people? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was 10 people. Oh. We didn't even have the mask. Uh, we just went to the crematorium uh, with the 10 people. Uh, we got him back home and we didn't actually bury him then, have his funeral then until the following September, uh, 12 months. So he was sitting here with me all that length of time. Ah, that's a nice touch as yeah. well, isn't it? Uh, you know, a, a little ray of sunshine on a dark time for, for your family. But Seamus Connolly, you see, was such a well-known man. Can you only imagine the funeral he would have had, you know, had it been normal times? It would have been enormous, wouldn't it? Enormous, enormous, because he knew people everywhere. Yeah. He just knew people everywhere and he worked everywhere and always had time to stand and talk, you know, to mm. everybody. Mm. Um, he was good friends with Seamus Farley um, from the morning show because every time Seamus would be going somewhere to do photographs, he'd see him and he'd be delighted then to for the chat and the food. <laughs> yeah. oh, listen, I was waiting for you to bring up the grub because that's what your husband was synonymous with, wasn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, we, we, we are in catering over 30 years. Yes. Over 30 years. The yeah. Connollys are famous caterers yeah. and Seamus, of course, I'm sure that's ringing bells all round, was the man yeah. be- behind that, that wonderful business. Are, are you still operating? Yes. Oh, yes. great. So on it goes. My son, my son uh, went on to be a chef as well. So he's basically taken it over. I'm kind of semi-retired now, but yeah. had to melt, you know, when I have to and all that kind of thing. Mm. But uh, my son is running it, yeah. Gary. Very good. And tell me now, what's happening this uh, day at the weekend? What are you doing and where is it all going on? So tell our listeners. We're going to have a coffee. We're not even calling it a morning. We're going to have a coffee day that's uh, starting at 11, finishing at 5 and all buns and cakes and coffee and we're just wanting people to come and just donate whatever they like just to help the Cancer Society because they were very good to us when uh, I came home from England with them, they were very good mm. even the hard times that it was yeah. they were still very good Ah, they're wonderful. The Irish Cancer Society, of course, they had the big Daffodil Day a week ago, uh, last Friday, should I say, and over the weekend. And we've talked about it here on the show. And just what they do is remarkable. It's only when you see them in action and you need them, you understand. And you want to give something back now. And I'm sure Seamus would as well. So it's happening Saturday? Saturday, yes. 11 until 5, coffee day. And whereabouts? Uh, we're in 113 Abbey Grove, Napa. Lovely. So it's in the, the home place. Yes, it's in our home place. Yeah. Oh, isn't that lovely? Talk about a homely environment and that, and yeah. only the best from Connolly Catering. you got to get up to 113 Abbey Grove. There'll be a queue down and round the corner and out on the street and everything. you got to yeah, get I in there. So. There will. I hope so. There will, of course. Yes, there will yeah. for sure. Because we would love to make as much money as I possible. know. 
I know. And it's you know, all going to the Irish Cancer Society. Yeah. It, it is. You're yeah. very good. You really are yeah. very good to do this. And uh, you're going to get a great turnout and wonderful support. And, you know, there, there'll be plenty of old stories and chat about Seamus on the day, I'm oh, sure. I, I would say so. <laughs> there will. There yeah. will. There definitely will. Well, yeah. look, we wish you well. We're at 113 Abbey Grove in Navin this Saturday, 11 to 5. There'll be lots going on there. Do drop in. Everybody's welcome. Remembering Seamus Connolly and uh, the family and Joan would love to see you there this Saturday. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Take care of yourself, Joan. Take care. Bye-bye. That's a lovely woman there, Joan Connolly. Let's go back to the water because my water taster... You know, I've engaged a professional water taster on the show today. She's a woman of many parts and she's just been... She disappeared a few minutes ago, I thought... I'm here. There's no one flying the, the aeroplane. I'm on my own here. Anyway, you went out and had... First right. time I've been called professional in my life. <laughs> anyway, you, you a little while ago, you tasted the water that came through the burko, the boiled mm. water, right? And you could get that chlorine taste. Isn't that what you said? Oh, yes. The swimming pool taste. Mm. And she never swam in a pool in her life. Anyway, <laughs> that's an aside. Anyway, she knows what chlorine is. Now, you went out and tell me what you did then. I just tasted the cold water, though, from the little tap. The you tiny know, the, little thin one. The filtered tap. Well, you which said... be filtered. You just said filtered. Which was fine, but you definitely get a different taste. A different taste on it. Well, if you... From the main... There's two main taps, I think, out there mm. as well. Maybe you'll we'll take a, a slug of that and see what you think of that as well. <laughs> I may not make it back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say what I thought there. Anyway, I'm keeping it to myself, which I rarely do. Anyway, the pumps, you know, the, the old pumps, we got confirmation that mm. the one in Dunshockland is actually not connected. Yeah. You were right. It's not working. It's only a... Say they're all decommissioned. Yeah, a relic of old decency. There's no wells. But I remember, do you remember the wells? Never mind the pump. that was, There was a little uh, uh, stone structure around and you dropped the bucket down on a rope. <laughs> no. Do you not remember those wells? No. There were wells and they put a little stone structure and there was a little a twisty handle right and you let the bucket what are you laughing huh? at you let the bucket down in a rope the bucket scooped the water and then you, you rolled it up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you actually you remember them yeehaw <laughs> wild west <laughs> I'll leave that way to ponder back to the pumps the uh, old pumps of yesteryear that brought the water up from wells beneath the ground. Jerry, there's a council pump on the Old Castle Road just by the Spiraloid, the Spiraloid, now there's a landmark junction uh, outside Kells. It's on the right-hand side there, around 60 years, I think it's there, says Mick in Kells. Mick, does it draw water? That's what we're trying to find out. Is there any of them left that draws water? Another one there, yes, Jerry, uh, Albert on the line here. Uh, do you remember the one at the old school in Donacarney? That's near Mornington in County Meath. I do indeed. Indeed, it was there at that little mini roundabout thing. It's gone a few years, but that was another one I remember, says Albert. Thank you indeed for getting in touch with us on the show. Remember 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to talk to us at any stage on late lunch. The talking has to stop for a minute because it's time for this. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's the number three from this very week in 1991. And when I tell you, 
It was taken from the album Vagabond Heart. Who am I talking about? It was the album's opening track and released as its first single on the 4th of March 1991. Took a few weeks to make it up the charts to number three in the UK singles charts. And where it is today, as I mention it, back then in 91 is where it remained. It never went higher than number three in the UK charts. The melody, interestingly, is an adaptation of Loch Lomond. And you, you'll, you'll hear it when you, when you uh, realise what's going on in the song. Yes, it is the number three from this week in 1991. And it comes from none other than the wonderful Mr. Rod Stewart. I just love that song. I really do. What an anthem it is. Rhythm of my heart. Number three in our top five countdown from 1991 this week on Late Lunch. Mr. Rod Stewart there. And I'll dedicate that to all Scots people today because they were in seventh heaven last night, beating Spain by two goals to nil in the European Championship. Two wins out of two. Well done to them. A great night for the Scots. Jingo, did you clarify? There is a word called jingo. You did look it up for me. Yes, there is a word. I did, yeah. And what, what it does it mean? It sounds very jolly, but according to the Collins Dictionary, it's a person who professes his or her patriotism loudly and excessively, favouring vigilant preparedness for war and an aggressive foreign policy. Don't like him anymore. Donald Jingo Trump. I've just christened him his new middle name. <laughs> That's him. He's a jingo. It's a great word, though. Hope he doesn't do the bingo at LMFM. I'd hate to see him. I'd love a game called Jingo. So that'd be great fun. (laughs) We'll we'll make one up. Shall we make things up? (laughs) (laughs) I beg your pardon. Never, never, (laughs) never. Are you joking me? Anyway, we have to take our final break of the day. Our Lizzie is away, as you know, travelling the Far East, heading elsewhere in the world. Where is she? We're going to find out in a few moments. Last number of times we talked, our Lizzie was in the Far East. But where in the world is Lizzie today? We're going to find out. She's waiting for me. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Jerry. How are we? I'm good. Where are you today, please? I I am in Sydney. I'm in Ranwick in Sydney, Australia. So you've arrived at your <laughs> ultimate destination. Now, last day we talked, was it Singapore you were in last? Yes, yes, Singapore was where we last spoke. And amazing what, place. Amazing, as stunning. you were telling me on oh, that occasion. Yes. What happened from there? Tell us what you did. So I think we had two more days in Singapore when we last spoke, and then we flew over to Sydney. So we arrived here, we went, we stayed at Bondi Junction first. Um, that was just a short term, just for the week. And now we are in Ranwick in Sydney. So it's been wild. It's been insane. I can completely see why there's so many Irish here. And it's hilarious. I've probably met more Irish than I have Australian since I've been here. Um, it's crazy. But it's just, it is, it's a, it's a different place altogether. Like the weather, the lifestyle, everyone's so laid back. And they just like really appreciate their like day to day of being able to get up and get out in the morning and do whatever they do. They go to work, but it's not to be all and end all everything. And then they do their other activities after work. They just, it's very different than home. So they work to live. 
they owe one thousand percent. Like they don't understand the what the whole like um working from home thing came into action obviously during COVID all over the world and they don't understand how people could like only roll out of bed like five minutes before work started and like turn on the laptop. Whereas I think that was a very common denominator of people who work from home back like in Ireland. I was like, I knew that from a lot of people. It would be like, oh sure, I don't have to get up. Why would I bother? Yeah. Whereas here they're like, that's crazy talk. Why would you do that? Get up and do what you want to do in the morning and then do your bit of work to make your money to do what you want, what you want to do holiday wise, travel wise. It's just a different outlook on life, I think. It's mm. crazy. There you are. So you've picked up on, on yeah. that there already. So uh, w- how warm is it? What do the temperatures tip during the daytime there? Well, it's actually it's actually a bit cold for us now. So it is very, it's only about 25 degrees now. <laughs> because <laughs> the it's, the, it's the middle of the night, is it there with you? I know, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quarter past one in the a.m. But we've ah. had much later nights than this year. So um, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. But no, the temperature has definitely dropped over the last couple of days. We're due to get like a good bit of heat in the sun tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but it's mad. Like you can go down. Even if it is overcast or whatever, you can go down and still lie out on the beach because it's still really warm. Like, mm. you're not cold. Yes. Like, I'm not going to be putting on, like, long pants or jumpers or any of that anytime soon. So, it's just wild. Like, after we kind of missed the whole, like, January, like, February kind of coldness from home because we were traveling and stuff. Yeah. So, it's just, um, it's weird. I'm, it's going to be a hard shock now if the temperature drops any further <laughs> 25 degrees and it there one thirty a.m. in the morning you're very good to stay up to yeah. chat with us um, so <laughs> w- what's the plan from here where, where are you headed are you going to stay there for a while what's going to happen so we I want to do all of Australia now that's going to cost obviously it's a very expensive country well it's not actually in comparison to Ireland it's actually not too much, too much more expensive than at home um, but just to do the whole because it's a huge country I'd love to rent a like camper van and do the whole kind of Gold Coast go up north do the whole coast basically but it would take a while and you need the funds for it and because we're all on working holiday visas we need to ex- get the visa that will get us to the next year as well so basically that entails us doing regional work so that could be you go to the farm for three months and you pick fruit you go to the mines, you work in the mines, you can go basically anywhere that's not in a city and you're doing, it's normally a labour intensive job, but there are ways you can do hospitality and stuff as well. So there is talk now about a couple of the girls maybe getting like the heavy vehicle licences and going to drive these big dump trucks down at the mines because it is very good money and you get your regional work ticked off the list. So then you kind of have longer to plan our travelling around. So that's on the cards but we are this is only day 13 i think being here so we're still kind of figuring out what the next step is Mm. but hopefully we figure it out soon um i obviously as you know i want to work in radio and the media and somewhat so i'm trying to make connections in that sense as well just to see what's happening here and what the general consensus is if there's opportunities here for that and then if not maybe I will be a farmer for a couple of months and then <laughs> travel around. <laughs> so we'll see how we get on. We'll you know, try it all like. <laughs> yeah, look, at, you, you, you're going to end up working at something anyway to make sure you get that extension of time. I'm just trying to picture Definitely. you in a dump truck at the mines. Let me just put that into oh. my mind's eye here <laughs> and figure that I'd one out. That'd be amazing. I'd be like, it'd be like a monster truck. <laughs> some, of the, some of the vehicles here, they're like the size of a house that you'd be driving. Now, yes. why wouldn't we do one of those? Mm. But they are massively like it's insane mm. but um a lot of people do it like a lot of irish people i've, I've met over here are doing traffic control so they're literally 
lollipop ladies doing the go stop signs because you're not allowed to have traffic lights at like like the temporary traffic lights at construction sites over here. Right. So they have people doing it. So a lot of people go in and do that. Like, so it's it's completely different than like work at home. There's no. As far as I'm only here two weeks, I can't really say this as fact, but like there isn't as much emphasis on career like, you know, you go to mm. college and you you have to do this certain thing and you have to go and work in this and you, you go up, you go up, you go up. It's more just kind of like do whatever it is and makes you money yes. to do whatever you want to do in your free time. Mm. So, yeah, might go and work in a mine for a while or maybe be a farmer or see how we get on. (laughs) But um, we'll have to do some sort of regional work to extend the visa because I don't think I'll be doing the one year. Sorry, (laughs) ma'am. Oh, my. She's tuned in, I know, and she's just broken the news now live on LMFM Radio. But anyway, look, that's the way it is. And I hear what you're saying. It's a come day, go day. You get the money, you keep going and you combine the work with the life and all the experiences there. It'd be wonderful to do that trek for sure right around Australia and the Gold Coast in particular what an adventure that absolutely would be it would be incredible anyway you're enjoying it and you're happy in your you know what and uh, looking forward to whatever the next number of weeks months and beyond brings yeah definitely oh I'm so excited like it's it's fun it's scary it's exciting it's great meeting people it's crazy the amount of buyers are over here. I can't emphasize that enough. I yeah. bumped into people I know from home. But I didn't know we're living over here. I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> am I on West Street or am I in Randwick? <laughs> What's happening? Um, but um, it's, no, it is. It's all yeah. exciting. I'm really excited to, f- to figure out what the next few steps Great. are. And we'll have to figure them out soon. <laughs> well, look, we'll uh, tic-tac with you again and we'll see where you're headed from here. Use those contacts from home as well. That's another way of certainly uh, getting something exactly. to keep you moving along. But look, you're great. Enjoy the heat. Enjoy the life. Enjoy the experience. And thank you so much for chatting us to us again today, Lizzie. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Lizzie Doran there. Uh, putting our, her feet down in Australia and Sydney in particular and let's see where life takes her. Well, it's just taken us to the end of late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's raring to go here with the drive. Uh, late lunch back tomorrow, 1.30. Do join us then, but enjoy your midweek Wednesday. Have a nice one. See you Thursday. Take care. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan.